Well, this has been a very difficult week for my wife and our family. We were in Kentucky earlier this week because her father at the age of 91 had died, and we had a graveside service for him Monday. And I had to tell you, it was really different. We weren't able to have the usual funeral where all the family and friends gather and celebrate life. Because of the coronavirus and COVID-19, we had to practice social distancing. So just uh, uh, the immediate family only gathered in the funeral home and uh, just spent a few minutes together. No place we could go eat together. None of us have a a house there because he was in a a nursing home. So there was no place we could come together even as a family. And then we went to the cemetery and had a a simple service there at the grave. And, And while it was meaningful and it was beautiful, it was also sad, not just because her father my father-in-law had died but just because of, of the circumstances of not, not being able to have all the other relatives and all the friends and the people that they went to church with for so many decades come and be part of that service and that was a, a difficult thing and I've known others in our church and community who've been dealing with that same uh, situation because we're reminded of just how special relationships are and, and how loving relationships encourage us and build us up and, and the lack of human contact and human touch can discourage us. There's an elderly man who is in a nursing home and his son is a a pastor and his son was talking about how none of the family had been able to see him for nearly two months because the facility was in lockdown essentially. They could come and look at him through the window. They could FaceTime with him. But over those weeks, this elderly dad and elderly grandfather just just grew more and more depressed and and lost weight and then and then recently his son the pastor was allowed to visit his father in the room and when he walked into the room his dad looked at him and he smiled but when his son touched him on the shoulder his dad started crying he started weeping because he had missed human connection human touch so very much this this virus this, these unusual days where we're having to isolate and and stay home is taking a toll on people it's hurting people in a lot of ways uh, you may have heard recently about dr lorna breen who's a physician in the emergency room at one of the hospitals in manhattan had been caring for several weeks for corona patients and uh, she'd seen a lot of people die, some of them before they made their way out of the uh, ambulance. And as she was caring for them, it took a toll on her physically. She contracted COVID-19, and she had to self-isolate. She, she recovered. She was physically doing okay. But emotionally, all the suffering that she was seeing, all the dying that she had seen was taking a toll on her. And so she was recovering emotionally at, at her family's home in Virginia. And last Sunday... The toll was so strong and she didn't know how to deal with it that she took her own life. And, and that is so tragic. Somebody who was helping save others so hurt by all of this that she gave up. And I know we're all weary. We're all tired and we're ready for life to get back to normal and pressure is building to open up the economy to get out and and do things. And you saw the pictures out in California of the crowded beaches. We're ready. We're ready for that. We know there's risk and it's a tough, tough time. But the truth is we've felt pressure off and on in all of our life, all of our days to, to give up. There, there, there have been times that life has been hard because of the loss of loved ones, the loss of a job, because of sickness, because of just about all kinds of things that, that has caused you maybe in the past to think, I'm going to give up. I, I'm going to give up on a relationship. 
I'm going to, I'm going to give up on Jesus. I, I j- it's just not working the way I want it to work. Uh, you're going to give up on church. Maybe you've been tempted in the past to give up on your dreams or to, to give up on yourself. Because all of us, all of us can become discouraged. All of us can become weary. All of us can wear out and just say, I want to throw up my hands. I don't know what to do. But today, I want to give you some reasons. I want to give you three reasons not to quit. Three reasons not to give up. Three reasons that I'm not going to quit and I do not want you to quit. And they are found in God's Word in the book of 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to open it with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 16 through 18 and and learn an important lesson from each of these three verses. And I'm I'm going to spend more time on the first verse and the first point just to give you that, that heads up. But let's read it together, starting at verse 16 in 2 Corinthians. Corinthians chapter 4. Here's what the Word of God says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That's a good word for today. We do not lose heart, do not become discouraged. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us, now listen to this, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for or because the things which are seen are temporal, they're temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is a beautiful passage, a great passage of Scripture that helps us know we are not to give up and there are good reasons not to give up. And here's the first one found in verse 16. It's this, that no matter how bad things get, No matter how hard life gets, no matter how challenging or difficult circumstances become, I can be strong on the inside. And I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up because I know that on the inside, I can be stronger than everything going on in my world on the outside. And so can you. That's what God is saying to you. You have the ability through Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit to be strong on the inside and therefore never quit. Now he begins in verse 16 by saying, we don't lose heart. We don't get discouraged, even though our outer man is decaying. I mean, it's it's, it's as though we're, we're getting older and as we age, we become weak our body is gradually dying we understand that but it's the circumstances of life that take a toll on us and beat us up and so on the outside things get weak sometimes things get hard things get tough and he says even though that is happening this outer man is decaying he says at the same time if you're following Jesus and you're doing it the right way on the inside the inner man the inner me the inner you the spiritual me the spiritual you the inside of us he says is getting stronger day by day and i want you to think about that for a minute what's on the inside of me as a believer what's on the inside of you as a follower of jesus christ the holy spirit the Holy Spirit of God lives within us as followers of Jesus, meaning that we have the power of God available to us. The same power of God that touched Jesus on Easter Sunday and raised him from the dead is in me and is in you if you know and love Jesus Christ. And that power can give you a strength, a strength to survive, a strength to overcome, a strength to push forward, a strength to move into the future and not give up, not lose heart. But you have to cultivate it. 
And how do we cultivate it? It's by developing our walk with Jesus, our relationship with Christ, by, by getting into His Word every day. He says we're supposed to have the strength. Listen to this. It's, it's as though we're to have the energy of a young man. I may be 62 years old, and on the outside not able to do things I did 30 years ago. But inwardly, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I can be stronger today than I was then, and so can you. We can feed upon the Word of God. The Bible tells us that the Word of God is milk to us. It is meat to us. It is spiritual nourishment to us. It is spiritual food to us, and it gives us energy as we get into the Word of God every day, asking Him to speak to our hearts and applying it to our lives, and we respond in prayer, and we cultivate a closeness to Jesus Christ. And it is amazing how when you carve out time every day in the midst of difficult circumstances to be alone with Christ in His Word, how He strengthens you no matter what is going on on the outside in your life. I like to cook, and I like to eat, and uh, one of my favorite foods are green beans. Now, not the little skinny beans you get around here. I'm talking about real green beans. We grew up in the mountains of Kentucky and North Carolina and other places, white half runners, and so we were up there for the funeral, and on the way home yesterday, my wife and I decided we were going to stop at a market and see if they had some half runners, and they did. So I bought a big old basket full of half runners. We're breaking them up, and I'm going to cook those with some uh, some ham hock, and I'm going to fix some cornbread and some sliced onions and tomatoes and cucumbers and some fried chicken. Yes, I'm going to have the fried chicken too. And I'm going to eat on that because I love those kind of green beans, and I'm going to nourish my body, and, and I'm going to nourish my soul because I enjoy that so much. And yet Scripture says that the Word of God is nourishment to me. Just like I'm going to smile and, and, and enjoy it and say, oh, that's so good when I take that bite of green beans with cornbread and onion. When I get into the Word of God and the Holy Spirit takes His Word and speaks to me, there's a strength, there's a joy, there's a peace, there's an encouragement that comes to me because on the inside, I'm being renewed. On the inside, I'm being strengthened, even though the outside is trying to beat me up. The Apostle Paul, the same follower of Jesus who wrote these words in 2 Corinthians to the believers in the city of Corinth, wrote another letter to Christians in the city of Rome. And in chapter 12, verse 2 of that chapter, he said, Do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow the world and all that's happening in life to shape you, to mold you, to control you. But he says, Be transformed, be different, be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? How do I change my thinking? How do I improve my attitude as I'm facing the things of life? It's by being renewed on the inside through the Word of God as the Holy Spirit makes it live and work in my life. Now, there are times I need to pull away and rest. There are times you need to pull away and rest if we're going to be strong on the inside. We need to rest physically. We need to rest emotionally. I think about the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings in chapters 18 and 19. After many years of faithful service to God, after seeing God do miracle after miracle and use Him to bring the people of Israel to God and, and turn them away from false idols, after, after uh, all of that, he became exhausted. And he spent, on one occasion, 40 days in isolation. And all he did was eat and sleep and rest. But that whole time, he was also encountering God in a fresh way. And at the end of those 40 days of isolation, he was a new man. He was energized on the inside, and he was no longer tired emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And I want to encourage you to use these times of retreat and isolation 
as an opportunity for you to draw closer to Jesus Christ and find a spiritual energy and a spiritual strength that you never knew was possible, that maybe you've never experienced in your life because it's possible for you. It's possible for you. We can't just go and go and go because life drains us. That's why we have to take care of the inner person. I remember uh, when Hurricane Hugo struck the Carolina coast and blew with winds of 140, 150 miles inland all the way to Rock Hill and beyond. 20-foot storm surges down in the Charleston area. At the, you know, and, and all the damage that was done, even around here, at the Charleston Naval Base, all of those uh, uh, Navy submarines, nuclear submarines, went out into the ocean and submerged. But there were some who were at dock and they were being repaired and weren't able to leave. And there was one of those submarines, a nuclear submarine who that had no fuel and, 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 and the nuclear core was, was shut down and it was cold because it was going to be repaired and so on. And, and they had it secured with multiple cables and they thought they could ride it out. The men were in the submarine. But when the first half of that hurricane blew through, all of those cables snapped but one and it was floundering out in the Cooper River. And during the eye of the storm, the captain had a decision to make. Would he, would he just let it float around knowing that other cable would break and it would just be tossed or would he try to submerge it in the river all he had was battery power no fuel no nuclear power just battery power and he made the decision putting himself and his men they were at risk either way but he submerged that submarine in the cooper river to the bottom of the river and you could just see the mast above and they rolled out the storm and they survived and the reason i share that with you is because he went down into the water. The submarines that could, that could operate went out into the ocean and went low because when a hurricane blows, the safest place is down deep in the water. When the winds of life come, when the storms blow, the safest place for you is on the inside to be strong, to go deep with Christ, to go deep in the Word of God. That is so very, very important. Now, the last two lessons, real quickly. I'm just going to hit these and make a point. I want you to really get that first one. one. The reason I'm not going to quit, and the reason I don't want you to quit, is you don't have to. You're not as weak as you think you are. You can be strong. You can be strong on the inside if you'll cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ, get into His Word every day, respond to it, be strong. But here's a second reason. My glory, my glory in the future... It's so much greater than any pain, any problem, any challenge I face in the present. And that's true of you if you know Jesus Christ as well. In verse 17, he says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory for beyond all comparison. We have affliction. But he says we also have glory. And what he says is he compares the two. And it's interesting. He says our affliction is light but our glory that's, that's awaiting us in the future in heaven, our glory is weighty. It is, it is heavy. And I know sometimes the affliction we're experiencing doesn't feel light. But he says, compared to the glory that's yours in the future, it is light. Because that glory is so much bigger, so much larger, so much weightier, so much heavier. And then he says, our affliction is momentary. But our glory, our glory is eternal. I told you my wife's father, Jack, passed away. And we buried him this week. His wife, Mabel, died less than three months ago. She was 89. He was 91. The last four years they spent in the nursing home, basically limited to the bed. And these were not an easy four years for them or the family. And if you read this passage, he's saying that affliction was light 
and momentary. And you say, really? Because in the moment it sure didn't feel that way. But God says it was light and momentary. And as I think about it, her father had 87 years outside the nursing home. Her mother had 85 years outside the nursing home. And they had great health all those years. Light compared to, short compared to. And think about now. They're both in heaven, walking streets of glory. They're both in heaven without any tears, without any suffering, without any pain. And that's eternal. And so God is accurate when he says that whatever affliction we suffer in life is light and momentary compared to the weightiness and the heaviness and the greatness and the grandeur of the glory that awaits us. And it's not just a temporary glory, but it is an eternal glory. Paul, in the first book of Corinthians, says that your eye has never seen your ear has never heard, and your heart has never imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And so whatever we go through, listen, listen, our glory in the future is greater than anything negative we suffer in the here and now. Here's the third and final reason. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. It's because I am focused on the right things. And if you're following Jesus and you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, so are you. Look at verse 18. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Do you only see, do you only focus on the visible, the here and now, the tangible and the physical? Or do you see those things that are invisible? Do you see the things of God? Do you see beyond your circumstances? See, the things of God, the spiritual things of life, they are eternal. The circumstances, the things of earth are temporal. They're temporary. And I need to keep my eyes on the invisible things, the things of eternity, the things of God, the spiritual things. It doesn't mean I ignore the things of life. It doesn't mean I don't feel what happens in my life. But because my focus is on that, and not just my circumstances, I can have a strength and I find hope because I know there's more than what is now. In fact, when I keep my focus on the things that are, on, that are invisible, the things of God, I find guidance. I find God guiding me through the circumstances so that I know how to live, I know how to make decisions. I find that when I keep my focus on the invisible things, on the things of God, no matter my circumstances, I find that God protects me. He protects me emotionally so that I don't do things that, that make situations worse, that, that, that make life worse. Because sometimes when we focus on the here and now and the difficulty of life, we end up getting so emotionally torn up. We make bad decisions like people who take their life in a moment of desperation and depression, like people who make bad decisions that, that hurt themselves or hurt others in so many different ways. And, and staying anchored in Christ and, and keeping my eye on the invisible things can guide me and protect me from being short-sighted and from going the wrong direction in life. A little over 20 years ago, the movie Titanic came out, and it was a huge uh, you know, hit. In fact, it was the first movie to make more than $1 billion. Won several awards. And, and I remember going to the theater to, to watch it with the, with the family. And, and my wife, Monisa, she didn't like the movie. She doesn't like it today. She won't, if it comes on TV now, she doesn't want to watch it. She doesn't want us to watch the DVD. She just does not like the movie Titanic. Why? 
because it has a bad ending. My beautiful wife likes movies that have a happy ending. She doesn't want to watch a movie that has a, has a, a bad ending. And in the Titanic, as you know, most of the people who were on that ship died. Not enough lifeboats, arrogance, on and on we could go. And, and you remember the Titanic hit that, that, that iceberg, and, and, uh, and it was the part of the, the iceberg beneath the water that cut the hole into the side of that ship and, ca- and, and, and caused all those people to die. The iceberg that was under the water. And some of you know this, but others don't. 90% of an iceberg is not visible from above the waterline. 90% of the iceberg is below the water. It's invisible unless you go down in and look under. It's under the surface of the water. Only 10% is above. And in life, brothers and sisters, hear this. In life, ignoring the things that are invisible is dangerous. Dare I say it? Ignoring the things that are invisible is foolish. Because the things that are invisible can make or break our life as much, if not more so, than the things that are visible. So take care of yourself on the inside. Pay attention to the spiritual, to the eternal, to the invisible things, to the things of God. And, and the truth is, I want you to think about this. More than 90% of my life, more than 90% of my existence is going to be spent after my time on earth as eternity rolls by an increasingly smaller and smaller percentage of my existence will have taken place on this earth why would I be so focused on what is 10% or even less down to a minutia part of my existence why would I be so focused on that that I ignore the 90%, the 95%, the 99.99% of my existence that is in eternity and beyond my time on earth. See, I'm never going to quit. Why? Because I've got so much to live for. I have so much to look forward to. I have so much to experience with Jesus. I have so much strength that is available to me. I have so much glory waiting for me in the future because I know Jesus. And if you know Jesus Christ... All of that is true for you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have much to live for. You have so much to look forward to. You have so much yet to experience with Jesus Christ. As a follower, as a disciple of Jesus, you have a strength available to you. You have the power of God available to you that can make you feel like a young man on the inside, no matter what your physical years happen to be or your circumstances in life. If you're following Christ, you have great glory waiting for you in the future. So never give up. Love Jesus. Serve Jesus. Grow in your relationship with Jesus. Seek Him first and above everything else. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare quit. You've got too much, too much possibility as a follower of Jesus. Don't you ever quit. Pray with me. Father in heaven, I thank you that because of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within me, and I have strength that doesn't make sense to the people of this world but it's a strength that comes from you, comes from heaven. And I thank you, Father, that I can look beyond what's happening every day of my life to see you at work and to see what is in the future and that I have the ability to love you and trust you and to win. And so does everyone listening to me if they will simply love you and follow you and commit their lives to you. And I pray they will do that. 
Amen. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, make a decision to be baptized and publicly identify with Christ, you want to make a decision to become part of our family of faith, text the word Jesus to the number on your screen so that we can reach out to you and help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. And then lastly, we want to thank you, an ongoing thank you and appreciation for how you have been giving and supporting the work of this ministry in such a unique and interesting time in our history. You can continue to do that again via text, same phone number, you see that on the screen. Text the word GIVE, and you're able to set up an online giving account and be able to pursue uh, that part of your worship through giving. So thank you for joining us this morning. We're looking forward to a great week, how God has continued to work in your life. And looking forward to seeing you again really soon.